Yes. Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. Through storytelling, conversational interviews, and Carrie's natural curiosity, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into the commonalities of entrepreneurs, athletes, medical professionals, politicians, and other successful people, all sharing their stories of success and the ups and downs of risk-taking. Connect with Carrie through her candid, funny, informative, and always encouraging weekly blog. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Today, I am happy to say that we are excited to welcome back to the table one of my favorite people, Mr. Jean-Paul Vrancourt, affectionately known to the world as simply JP. The last time we interviewed him was in 2017. JP is one of the top fitness authorities in Arkansas and beyond. In 2008, burned out, he sold his thriving high-end health club atop the TCBY Tower building in downtown Little Rock and recreated himself, becoming the golf performance and functional training specialist at Elotion Golf Club. Today, he is back in entrepreneurial mode by opening a new gym as a certified new fit therapist helping people put on muscle, circumvent health problems, and recover from injuries and chronic pain. You may have seen or heard of JP already. He's been featured in Parade Magazine twice, as well as USA Today. He has been a freelance writer for health magazines and websites, having been published in both Men's Health and Best Life magazines, just to name a few. He was a top fitness advisor to former Governor Mike Huckabee's well-publicized weight loss program, Stop Digging Your Own Grave with a Knife and Fork, and served as chairman of the Arkansas Governor's Council on Fitness for eight years. It is my pleasure to welcome to the table a man that has dedicated his life to helping others through physical fitness, my longtime friend and my current personal trainer, Mr. Jean-Paul Francoeur. I feel like I need some theme music here. <laughs> da, 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 da. That's for post. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah we'll, put <laughs> we'll, that that, post. we'll put that in post. Uh-huh, right. we will. Thank you for coming back on. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. Before we talk about your entrepreneurial story, which you could go back and listen to it because it's really good. I was fascinated. I, I've known you for 30 years, but I kind of forgot all the details about how you started. You have just opened today, though, yet another gym in Little Rock, Arkansas. You just opened it a couple of months ago and revamped your website. This is not really what I would call a gym. This is one-on-one personal training with some high-end equipment. And you're not a physical therapist who went to school for a degree. You are a passionate, certified personal trainer, massage therapist who probably knows more about physical therapy than anyone, even with a degree. And a part of the catalyst for you getting back into the fitness business is you were introduced to the power of using electrical stimulation machines, new fit technology, which is kind of why we're back here today. All right, let's go. What is new fit therapy? We use it for both therapy and for fitness. So from a therapy standpoint, someone comes in who say has an injured shoulder, like a real common one is a torn supraspinatus, which just, you know, impinges when they're trying to bench press or something like that. Is that just, your shoulder? Yeah, it's in the shoulder. Supraspinatus. Supraspinatus. It's an external rotator. It's a real small, easy, it's easy to tear. So many people come in with that. It's like a real common one. So let's, let's say somebody has a torn, you know, shoulder rotator. Let's keep it simple here. When you go to when, when you go to traditional physical therapy, they're going to take you through some, you know, range of motion exercises, kind of progressively loading you, kind of building your range of motion. Um, but they're treating basically the pain, which is a symptom. It's a it's the it's not the actual root cause of the problem. And so they can get you some relief and they might get you out of pain. Uh, it might take you six weeks. It might take you several months. Some people, most of the people who come to me have been through the whole racket for a while and um and they they've been through physical therapy you know once or twice and they just haven't gotten back to where they feel like they're out of pain and able to perform so um so when they end up in my lap we have a completely different process so we're not physical therapy when you have problem with performance, you've got a weakness problem somewhere else in your body. So there's something in your body that isn't a broken link, you know, somewhere where your nervous system isn't getting a good signal, where you're not getting good blood supply. So what we do is a scanning process 
where we, we map your body and we're, we've got one pad on you as a ground and then we're scanning you with the other pad. When I'm scanning for the root cause of a problem, okay. that's where it's very different. Like, like uh, in physical therapy, you know, you have a person with a torn supraspinatus, uh, torn rotator, and they're going to go in, they're going to do the exact same therapy as the other 10 people who have a torn rotator. With us, we're going to find out why you have that torn rotator, and it's not going to be the same exact treatment as the other person because our bodies are all very unique. So we're looking for, so one person might have a problem that's down in their, you know, their arm or close to their elbow. Another person might have a problem back in their scapula. So we're going to scan and we're going to find out where the real problem is. And the way that shows up is we're sending a signal, whatever area that pad is on is sending a signal that the brain interprets as loaded movement. So if the tissue is healthy, then your brain says, oh, that's fine. It just kind of tingles. But when I get over an area that your brain is trying to protect, then I see you try to get away from it. I see you, I immediately see you go into compensation or you might say, ow, get that away from me. So, so that's actually how we identify the areas to treat. So once we've identified those, the, the, the basically what areas are not communicating with each other, this is where the whole neuromuscular reeducation process starts up because what we're trying to do is teach the body to be able to load in a pattern that it's been, that, that it gets a pain signal when it tries to move in that, that movement pattern. And uh, but now we're re-educating it because we're teaching the brain that it can load those muscles now, and uh, and it, it starts to feel as I'm cranking the machine up, it actually actually starts to feel a little easier because you're adapting as I as I increase the load, your brain is basically saying. Oh, that's, I was trying to protect, but now I can see that I can get in that position and, oh, well, I guess I can let down some of these governors. So in essence, we're just teaching the brain that it, it can start removing these governors that, that it puts in place to keep us from moving in areas that it's trying to protect. So it's, it's really about protection patterns. It's, it's all about, you know, pain. So Grady fell down the steps, mm -hmm. hurt his shoulder, rotator mm -hmm. cuff, I guess, or something, maybe. Mm -hmm. He comes into you. He can't lift his arm over his head. He, he couldn't lift his arm 45 even, degrees away from his body. He couldn't even put his shirt on yeah, hardly. Yeah. And he comes mm -hmm. in, and you put the pad on his back mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. the grounding pad. Yeah. So I'm trying to paint a picture for the listener. And then you took this other pad, and sure, and I, you put it I on scan, his shoulder, yeah, I scan, nothing. Right, right. Nothing. It was, it was where, his, where, he was, where he was hampered yeah. on his shoulder. And then you started going down his arms. And as you got down his arm, he flew yeah, off yeah, the yeah. table. It just was like a jolt. And you're like, mm -hmm. okay, That's you're compensating right here. And here's your hot spot. This is mm -hmm. what we're going to work on. And it was so counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. It would seem that way, but it's, but really it's, t I mean, obviously to me, I've been doing this for so long. It's very logical. What we're trying to do is, is like I said, reconnect these areas. It's kind of like acupuncture with a load. You know, acupuncture is about identifying these sort of broken meridians. You know, it's a, it's all, our bodies are electric. And, you know, I guess the people who came up with acupuncture 2000 years ago or longer, uh, understood that and, you know, intuitively just understood that. And so they, they figured out how to sort of reconnect our, our electrical, you know, connections in the mm -hmm. body. But the difference with what we do is we can identify where those broken meridians are just for lack of a better phrase. And we can, and we, but we can also load the pattern. So we can actually, I can crank up the output and it's like cranking up the weight. So, so I can make simulate lifting weight or whatever, making those areas bear weight. So it's kind of like I can, I can make you adapt a little bit faster without ever lifting weight, without having to lift a weight, You're right. Which, without having to damage anything. Right. Right. And what I typically do is then I go through, what, what I call mobilization exercises. I start with some basic ones that are sort of normal, just kind of just get the shoulder moving. But then I go to exercises that are in the range of motion where they are typically avoiding like something that would hurt. So if it hurts to scratch your back, you know, if you can't get your arm back there, then I'm going to have you doing some exercises like that. Or if it hurts to fasten your seatbelt, I'm going to have you simulate fastening a seatbelt. If it hurts to draw your sword, <laughs> I'm going to have you do some sword pulls, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I'm just going to find the areas that you're bringing up. Curl your beard to your mouth. Exactly. We're going to curl beard well, to well, our well, mouth. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we're going to find the movement pattern that that your that your body is is trying to protect against, and we're going to have you work in that range. And then I'm going to keep increasing the load as you adapt. And the higher I can get you in this and something like this, usually the better and faster the outcome. Uh, because yeah. because you and you feel the difference immediately. Like like that's one of the things that I love about this is that y you feel the needle move 
day one. There's Absolutely. no, there's no question about it. You can come in at a six or seven in pain, really limited in your range of motion. And by the end of the session, you're, you're like at a one or a two and you can raise your arm overhead and you're just like totally yes, you know, moving. It's bizarre. Yeah. And then, but then it starts to try to creep back because your muscles start compensating. Well, and- so, so what happens is the reason when I do, when I do therapy, it's a little different than training. Like I can train mm-hmm. somebody, you know, a couple of times a week and get really great results. And, and you're we'll, talking we'll about muscle training. training. I'm talking about the fitness part of things. Yeah, that's different. I can do that a couple times a week. But when I'm doing when I'm trying to do therapy on someone who's got an injury, um, then I I usually want to get those sessions closer together because um, we're trying to overwrite old neurological patterns, right? We're trying, so they're, they're pretty etched in. If it's chronic, especially it's pretty etched in. So muscles have memory, right? So when you feel that needle move, I might get you down to a two and then you, but like then, you know, 10 hours later, 11 hours later, you might, you might start to regress a little bit because your body likes to repeat these patterns. It's all about patterns. You know, our brains are pattern recognition machines. And so we try to go back into that old pattern because it's familiar to us. And so my, why I like to get in there and do another the therapy session is, uh, is as you start to regress, you might get back up to a four. Well, then I can catch you and bring you back down to like a one or a zero. And mm-hmm. then I can, then you might regress up to a two and then I can get, and then eventually I start closing that gap where you, where you come in and you are not, you haven't regressed at all. And when you have a couple, when you show up a couple of times in a row without any, where you have not regressed and you're still kind of where you were when you left, then I know it's time to start bridging into more uh, strengthening. So the steps are basically first step is we want to get your body in balance, which is what I do with my activations, the uh, little muscle activation techniques where Mm -hmm. I test to make sure that, you know, try to get everything firing it that I can. Then I do the machine to remove hot spots. And then the third stage is increase neurological strength. And the last stage is to increase physical strength. So, so neurological strength. uh, Yeah. What is that? So basically like your ability to hold uh, positions like at your end range or, or something like that. Um, like, like, you know, like if you have a, a injured shoulder, it might have you holding your arm out in front of you or holding it out the side with maybe even with a little bit of resistance. And that's weight. neurological. Yeah. So I want you doing basically ISO exercises to try to build, you know, and then I'm, but while holding, uh, while I'm increasing the, the load, it's going to try to pull you out of position and you're your job is to sort of fight against the machine and keep yourself in the correct position. And as you do that, you're sort of, you're, that's, that's where the whole neurological neuromuscular reeducation process uh, takes place. A lot of times people will come to me with three or four issues and I'll say, let's start with the worst one and see what happens from there. Like somebody might have a shoulder problem and a, a hip problem. I'll treat their hip. And then I'll say, we're going to, we'll treat your shoulder after we finish with your hip. But a lot of times when we're finished treating the hip, the shoulder problem has disappeared. So, you know, a lot of times a a lot of those, your body will, will create like just this chain reaction of compensation mm-hmm. uh, problems, you know, uh, as, as we try to avoid pain or we, you know, try to, you know, pain is sort of like the, the name of the game here. It's like, you know, the, the brain, we don't, we have this paradigm that, you know, if you feel pain, that there must be some physical reason for it. So we go looking for evidence of that pain. Uh, and, and so like, like there was a, they had a study, I don't know, it's about six or seven years ago, maybe longer, uh, where, uh, they took 30 healthy baseball players, um, that, you know, normally the idea is that if somebody comes in complaining about pain, you want to go get an MRI of their shoulder and see what's going on under the hood and then say, Oh, there's evidence. There it is. There's the tear. And so they, they said, well, we always look at people who are unhealthy or coming in complaining about pain. Let's see what happens if we do MRIs of, you know, let's take the top 30 pitchers who have not reported any pain, have not had any problems, no surgeries, everything's good. They're pitching hundred mile an hour fastballs. Let's see what their shoulders look like. And they did uh, MRIs and 26 out of the 30 had such significant damage to their rotator cuffs that had they coming in, had they come in reporting pain, the doctors said they would have whisked them right into surgery right away. But they're not having problems. They're still throwing 100 mile an hour balls. So we have this paradigm that that, uh, um, you know, you've, if you've got something broken, that it's going to hurt. So so you can have structural, you know, problems and not have pain if you if and you, it's fine. Oh, yeah. They don't have any problems. They're they're perfectly they're fine. fine. They're absolutely fine because, you know, the, we again think about it uh, are if as long as the muscles are able to do their job and they it, the thing the thing you have to remember is 
muscles are the only structure in the body responsible for absorbing or generating force. And so if you are feeling pain, if you've got some joint damage, that's because, you know, it's because you are absorbing force in the joint. That means your muscles aren't doing the job. So oh. our job as new fit therapists is to get the force back into the muscle and out of the joint. Which is why um, their shoulders didn't hurt because they were using their muscles. Correct. Well, yeah, exactly. So they, they had damage, but it wasn't hurting. They were. And so, so a lot of times when I'm, when I fix somebody's shoulder, like I work with a lot of athletes, I've worked with golfers, tennis players. And, and, uh, you know, I had a guy who had a torn meniscus and, you know, he had a hundred percent tear. Like that thing was gone. And did his meniscus heal? I don't know. Maybe over time it did, but I can tell you in the month that I worked with him, I don't think it would just reattach and heal. We didn't perform any miracles in that sense. We just taught his muscles the proper firing sequence. And he was able to go back to golf and tennis. He was a former tennis player, pro tennis player and, uh, and you know, hiking and running and doing all the stuff that he did. No problems. Maybe eventually that meniscus healed. I have no idea. Uh, but, you know, the idea we just, you know, joints are just more or less hinges. They're not supposed to absorb force. They're Our not muscle, the ones doing the, the If doing they the are, work. the only thing that can damage joint is like shearing forces. So so when you have muscles that don't operate correctly, like uh, uh, like like so many, you know, soccer girls were getting ACL tears and they didn't really understand why. And they found out that, that they did, you know, kind of did a little research on that. It turns out that they did not do as much posterior chain training like like boys do and so they had you know weaker hamstrings and so when they were getting ready to cut right or cut left they were getting what's called co-contraction, like their hamstrings would contract. Uh, but when when an agonist contracts, the primary muscle that is supposed to be doing load, doing the load, its antagonist is supposed to lengthen. And that's how biomechanically, that's how our bodies are supposed to function. But if both fire at the same time, then you that's what's called co-contraction. And guess what? That force gets all sent into the knee or all goes up into the hip, gets absorbed incorrectly. And so it doesn't happen just right away. You don't just right. uh, operate incorrectly one day and boom, you hurt. You know, a lot of guys come to me and say, I was fine until I reached down to pick up the newspaper and boom, my back went out. Well, your back didn't go out then. Your back went out 10 years prior when you started moving poorly. And it just took that long, took that many cycles of incorrect movement to manifest itself into something that, 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 you know, looks like pain or injury. We're basically just adapting the body, the muscles to do their job and absorb force uh, instead of putting that force into the joint. So I want to read this again from what I got off your website. Whether you are looking to recover from injury or pain or you are looking to tune up your fitness, you have found the right place. Often people find their way here as a last resort after months or even years of dealing with pain to the point that they almost accept it as part of getting older. No one should live in daily pain. We approach things at JP Fitness from a completely different angle than traditional therapy does, and we get results far faster. But insurance doesn't pay for what you do. Actually, it, what we do is is FDA approved, which means there are, and there are PT billing codes. I am not a physical therapist, so I don't accept insurance, and uh, um, I don't, and I'm not. You know, physical therapists are can use this. They, they in fact, there are two schools right now. Um, unfortunately, not UCA yet. Um, we'll work on that. But there are two schools so far that are that are uh, teaching new fit in the schools. So the students are coming out, you know, knowing physical therapy, obviously, but also having a good background in, in uh, neurotherapy with using the new fit uh, devices. So, yeah, if it is something that that if somebody were a physical therapist or a chiropractor, they could bill insurance. Theoretically. Now, you know, whether or not the insurance company will pay for it is another story. You know, a lot of times they won't approve something that they don't really know about. Um, I don't I, know. And I, I don't really it. care because it's not my business model. I mean, people just pay pay me, you know, like mm -hmm. I just I'm just a cash business or, you know, checks or credit cards or whatever, but I mean, people just come in and pay me. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't uh, file insurance. You no, don't file I don't file anything against insurance. All right. This is a great place to take a break. We're speaking today with certified personal trainer, massage therapist, and new fit expert, Mr. Jean-Paul Francoeur, aka JP from JP Fitness in Little Rock, Arkansas. When we come back, we're going to talk more to this expert on electrical stimulation recovery about the business of being a personal trainer. Are you interested in becoming one and what it took? We might even recap his entrepreneurial story that I just, I'm just 
charmed by, (laughs) and tips for the everyday person wanting to improve their health. We'll be right back. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, along with Carrie's experience and leadership knowledge. In 1995, she embraced the internet and rebranded her company as simply FlagAndBanner.com. In 2004, she became an early blogger. Since then, she has founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, began publishing her magazine, Brave, and in 2016 branched out into this very radio show, YouTube channel, and podcast. In 2020, Carrie McCoy Enterprises acquired OurCornerMarket.com, an online company specializing in American-made plaques, signage, and memorials for over 20 years, and in 2021 opened a satellite office in Miami, Florida, telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags, theflagandbanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. We're speaking today with JP, <laughs> owner and founder of JP Fitness in Little Rock, Arkansas. He has been a personal trainer since the 80s. And besides athletic sports trainers, was one of the first in Arkansas to offer quality weight training to everyday persons. You love oh, what you do. Absolutely. It is. It is. I mean, you know, obviously we all need money to pay the bills, but my real currency is the outcomes that I get. I mean, I, I have a stroke patient who came to me who, you know, the physical therapists had, had and uh, occupational therapists told him uh, we have done everything we can do. And this is you're going to just have to accept the fact that you're never going to get use of this arm again. Uh-huh. And uh, um, and, you know, that it's just going to be paralyzed. And, and now he's playing baseball, no, I'm just not playing baseball. But, you know, he is <laughs> he can use his arm, though. I mean, he can actually he, the day one. We actually got movement out of his arm day one. Um, his wife was there the first day and she just burst into tears. She's like, it was very sweet. It was very sweet. And, uh, there, and he's, he's just, you know, now he can, he can drive again. Like we, we took, I, I got him ready for the neuro driving test, which is a tough test. You know, it's three and a half hours of, of making sure that you can do everything you need to do to safely operate your vehicle and, you know, not, not hurt anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so that we, we worked on getting him ready for that for a while and then, uh, but now we're just kind of, you know, we're just fine tuning stuff. He can raise his arm overhead. He can raise it out to the side. He can rotate his arm. He can use his fingers. He's starting to get back slowly where he can type again. So it's, it's something I had never dealt with prior to that. Now I've got a couple other people uh, that I'm doing that with, but, but just being able to see the results he gets and just see how much it's changed his life. It's why I can get up in the morning and just bolt out of bed and say, I'm ready for the day. I want to just get in there and work with people. 10 That's hours a-, a day, which is 10 different people one-on-one, which talk about listening and paying attention. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is hard. Most of us go to work our eight hours a day and we, you know, we zone out for a couple Mm -hmm. of those hours, but you actually, (laughs) you cannot, those guys are paying big bucks to have Mm -hmm. you in there. They want you paying attention Mm -hmm. and you've got to pay attention to heal them. You have to love what Mm -hmm. you're doing. Oh, absolutely. I could not handle the schedule. It would not be sustainable. We talked about how you a lot about chronic pain and recovery mm-hmm. in the first, the last segment. Mm-hmm. But you also train people for... Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think most people who come to me just want to, you know, I, I'd say probably a majority of my clients are, you know, uh, well, I say 50 plus. I, I have a wide range. I literally I work with everything from like, you know, teenage athletes, soccer players, football players, you know, baseball players, whatever, sport, people, kids in sports to, you know, but I'd say the, the majority of my fitness clients are usually uh, 40s, 50s, 60s. Well, that's because they're the only ones that can afford you. That might be the case. But. It's very expensive. <laughs> Not everybody can look like JP, no matter what you are, because they've sure. now got this thing where you do 23andMe and you send it off and you find out your DNA. Uh-huh. And JP, tell us about DNA, because it is some <laughs> weird stuff. I well, could they, never, I'm a, what am I, a mesomorph? A, mesomorphic. Yeah, I think you are. I think you're a mesomorphic. And uh, meso- that's, there's, a skinny, yeah. that's a skinny person. Yeah, there's, well, no, uh, no, mesomorph is rectangular. They're more like, that's the more athletically built people. Oh, no, what am I? What's the skinny person? Uh, that's an ectomorph. I'm an ectomorph. And endomorphs honey. are more heavily built. You're a, you're a, a mesomorph. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, there's, so there, there's, uh, things that, that, genetically can give people a leg up uh, on on you know, like sports performance mm-hmm. like most of your runners and jumpers and throwers uh, ha- there's a, a gene called ACTN3 
that uh, if you don't have it, you're, you're not going to find anybody in the elite level that does not have ACTN3, which basically you synthesize protein differently. You, you just they typically are much they're a little leaner. It's kind of easier for them. You know, they just they they just they have a lot more power. Um, and uh, actually, I read a book called The Sports Gene by David Epstein, which I highly recommend. It's a great book. But uh, he talked about that. He talked about why Jamaican sprinters were like the fastest people in the world. Um, so so apparently when they were, they were doing the slave trade, they took all these West African people to Jamaica and, uh, and they were just incredibly powerful and fast people. And they, and their ancestors had survived a malaria outbreak like generations before. And so they, the people who were best suited for survival were, had a, uh, had a combination of two genes, ACTN3, and they had a single copy of the sickle cell gene, which sickle cell anemia is something mm -hmm. that, uh, really saps your oxygen. So I guess the combination of those two meant that they could really just produce a lot of power in this low oxygen environment, very anaerobic. So there was actually one year, in fact, where Jamaica won in a hundred meter dash. They won first and third and the second place winner was American of Jamaican descent. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they are, you know, their gene pool, you know, uh, they have those, that combination of the uh, ACTN3. But, you know, you're, if you'll see that in like any any elite athlete of any of any race will have like if, if, if you can't make it to that level if you don't have that. Do gene. you have that? Gene. Yes, actually, I do. I checked when I checked out the 23andMe, it was like one of the first places I went. I was like, OK, let's see if I have that. And sure enough, I did. So when I was 18, I uh, I was a wrestler and a pole vaulter. Oh, and uh, yeah. In, in high school, that was my sports. I, oh. I was, you know, I was and I was actually, um, you know, I had I had schools looking at me to come wrestle, you know, D1 wrestling. And I ended up with a music scholarship offer from Arkansas. That's how I came here originally was because I was a classical guitarist. And uh, and I he's not just any old jar. I remember this. <laughs> so I, I thought that you know, well, this is pre-internet days. So I, I moved down to Arkansas and I thought, well, I'll just take the music scholarship and I'll just walk on the wrestling team, whatever wrestling team, they'll be happy to have, you know, someone with my experience to walk in. And I thought I'd just walk right in and yeah, here we go. I want to join your team. And, uh, and then I, 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 you know, got here, registered for my classes and got everything kind of settled in. And I started calling around trying to find the wrestling coach. And I found out there was no wrestling in Arkansas. So I was like, what? And then I th started calling high schools to see if I could at least assist coach and keep my feet wet and there was no wrestling at all in so the state of Arkansas. So you started wrestling? No, 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 I did not. So, uh, so, so I, you, I moved here to Arkansas for music scholarship, but um, then I, uh, you know, the first year, of course, I was just like, I was eating pizza and, you know, not taking care of my health, doing some other things that might not be too healthy for me and, well, you and are I had an unhealthy kid. relationship and, you know, and I decided in 1988 or 87, I mean, I decided to just take a year and I took off and I went back to Massachusetts uh, where I, or I went to Massachusetts and I lived there for a, almost a year and I was, uh, I took a job in a factory and I started, and I started, uh, uh, working out and cause I'd just gotten a little pudgy for me, you know, I probably wasn't that pudgy, but you know, my perception of myself at the time, I was like, man, I really let myself go. And, uh, and I just got in, I, I started reading about it and started really getting into it and got really, 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 really ripped. I mean, just in the best shape of my life. And, and, bunch of people at the gym noticed. And, and, uh, so next thing you know, I'm taking this little certification test and I'm starting to help people at the gym just kind of part time and just for fun. And so I moved back to Arkansas, um, in 88 and, um, uh, and my first, one of my first jobs when I got back was working for Gold's Gym under David Basil. He was, uh, you know, longtime friend now, and uh, and he was a, very much a mentor in my in my early stages of this. Uh, and, and, you know, I still had no idea that this was going to be my career, but I I just loved it. I still I still loved it. I, I was you know I worked out with people, and I was always kind of like it was always a learning process for me. You know, I mean, I was very passionate, so I could get results with people. But I, you know, I mean, looking back on it now, I'm like, man, <laughs> I was back then I used to charge a whopping $15 an hour. And I can tell you now it's probably overpaid, but, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I was, I, I didn't, what I lacked in experience, I made up for in passion and willingness to learn and willingness to dive deep and figure things out. So everybody needs to go back and listen to our 2017 show. Cause you go really into depth about, about those years. And it really checks all the boxes of an entrepreneurial story about mm -hmm. working with integrity, about mm -hmm. being responsible, about keeping your eyes open for opportunities, doing the work and not being afraid to take entrepreneurial leaps because mm -hmm. you left gold gyms, you know, um, I floated for a little bit. I was around in a few other gyms, but, but, but you left gold gyms mm -hmm. in kind of a storm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is how you know 
that you truly do love and care what you do, tell our listeners in a short synopsis, because we're running out of time, okay. what you did for AIDS patients and why it culminated and why you ended up opening your own gym. Right. So that actually was the was the impetus uh, or the catalyst, I should say. Um, so uh, in a nutshell, I had this idea just as I was getting, you know, further into fitness that, that, um, that people living with AIDS, cause that was kind of a relevant issue in the, you know, it was, the, new. It, it was yeah, it was, it was not new, but it was definitely still kind of like, you know, it was still new, you know, newish in the eighties and late eighties. And, uh, and I was, uh, I, I was convinced that if people living with AIDS were to, uh, you know, exercise and, and take charge of their fitness, like really be proactively healthy, like eat healthy and, and exercise and stay hydrated and all this other stuff that they could actually, you know, improve their lifestyle. And, you know, in some ways, maybe just, you know, enhance their lives and maybe live longer lives. And so I went down to uh, the Ryan White Center downtown and I gave a little speech you know, to the uh, to the nurses and doctors. And and uh, and they they said, Okay, well, we like it. We want to try it. So they, I was like, what? <laughs> and they offered to, uh, they said, well, we'll, we have, where do you work? We'd like to try to, we'd like to uh, send you some people. We can bus them in from, uh, they were sending them from Jefferson Memorial in Pine Bluff. And, uh, um, and, and so I got this big corporate membership for them and they, they were busing them in every day to work out with me. And I, I was getting really good results. Like, I mean, you know, I, I had a guy who, like literally couldn't, he could almost not take a full step. And I, within three months he was doing lunges, full lunges across the floor. And, uh, word got out that, that the people that I was training had AIDS. And, uh, and so, and uh, as if, it, I, but it was known up front to management because I told them, you know, right. but, but, but once patrons, it got out, yeah. they decided to, they decided to, uh, uh, fire me. Mm -hmm. And, and I was, and I, uh, the, the manager at the time was like, well, yeah. And I said, well, then I'll just buy a membership and I'll just train them. He said, well, we reserve the right to, you know, it's a private gym. We reserve the right to sell memberships to who we wish and you're not you you are barred from the gym from now on so so i had to basically walk out but i was i was really pissed and i just i i said don't think i don't see what you're doing here this is outright discrimination and i said you know what i'm going to do to get around this i'm just going to open up my own place and he and he kind of looked at me and he said you just do that <laughs> and so, so, so no let's not tell the rest of the story okay, they okay. got to go back and watch 2017 because we're running out of time okay, okay, but okay. you did you did every entrepreneurial thing that you should do the work in the two jobs mm -hmm. And there's mm -hmm, a great mm -hmm. irony twist at Gold's mm -hmm. Gym that comes back that people should really go listen to. Do you have any recommendations for someone interested in getting into the business of personal training today? It's a lot different today than it was when you started. You were like one oh, in very yeah, few. Yeah. You were getting national publicity because they were so few of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Do you have um, any recommendation for people today? Um well, I mean, don't I, I don't pursue it as a career if you just because just I'm, you know, don't go to a guidance counselor thinking this is going to be like a big moneymaker for you. I did not get into this because I just thought I was going to make so much money. I just loved what I did. And I tried to figure out a way to make money doing what I love to do. So uh, if it's just something you really just are, you know, you lose sleep over it. You're thinking about it uh, when you fall asleep. You you know, you're reading books on it. You know, you have a, that's a pretty good indication that you might this might be a good field for you. Yeah, um, you're an avid reader. Yeah, if you're well, that even has to be an avid reader just you, are, you know though. some i am yes yes but i mean you know I, I like to research i like to you know educate myself and uh you know ironically my my college education was mostly fine arts um you know and because uh, you're a musician and yeah fine arts and and also just human behavior i was a philosophy major for a while i was a psych major for a while i was a you know a Did writing you ever graduate major from college <laughs> uh, no, I That's did not. I was, I was, I have 15 hours left and <gasps> 15 hours. I, I literally opened my business my senior year and, uh, um, and I thought I would just finish it out. And I just got, and I didn't think I'd be that busy. Like in my financial projections, when I wrote my business plan, I estimated it would take me, you know, 12 months to get to 12 clients, which would, you know, be my, I needed 4.8 to break even on my rent and expenses. And, uh, and, and I thought it would take me, and I, I had 12, I had 12 clients in the first, you know, I, I was over 20 clients in the first month. I, Which is I, I why had, you've opened a, another right, gym I had, now. I had, to hire, I had to hire people and all that stuff. And so I really grew fast. And and then I just I just got so busy, I ended up kind of dropping out. And I just haven't gone back and finished it. And uh, so, you know, but I mean, I also, I also got uh, like over 140 hours of, of uh, classes. So, I, 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 you know, you only needed 104 back in those days to graduate uh, from UALR. But and you got to stick to one so thing. So I, I did not, I did not stick. I had like just some requirements out there that I didn't finish. You but, needed a better guidance counselor you know, who'll give maybe. you a pass. I, you know, the thing is, I really was, I wasn't there to, to, you know, form, build my career. I was really there to learn. I just loved, I do love learning. You, you do know? love I, learning. I'm, I'm, 
I'm a nerd. Um, I, you know, mm-hmm. I admit it. You're a hot nerd. <laughs> a hot All right. <laughs> well, we're speaking today with JP from JP Fitness in Little Rock, Arkansas. He is a certified personal trainer. He is a licensed massage therapist, but that is not his career. And he only does it to help you through some chronic pain. Don't call him up and think you're going to get to go lie on a table and listen to uh, uh, waterfalls because that's not <laughs> his that's not his deal. He's a certified new fit therapist and trainer, and he does use some of his massage qualities to help you through your pain. When we come back, we're going to talk about, you know, what you can do if you can't afford a a him or even a personal trainer. I mean, there are great gyms out there that you can join franchise gyms, and we're going to find out what you can do in your own home. It's all about creating a habit and getting used to the habit. We'll be right back. Part of Carrie McCoy Enterprises is OurCornerMarket.com, the perfect online shopping site for everything you need to strengthen your business's image or beautify your home and landscaping. You can browse through products like custom plaques in bronze or aluminum, business signage, address plaques to dress up your home or apartment complex, memorial stones and markers, even for your beloved pets, logo mats, and countless other items. Please visit OurCornerMarket.com today and start shopping. Uh, we're speaking today with Mr. Jean-Paul Francoeur, a.k.a. JP, who recently opened yet another personal gym in Little Rock, Arkansas. He just can't help himself. He's a visionary with a passion for helping people. So we've talked about new fit and how it helps you to recover from injury or build muscle or just circumvent problems that happen through the aging process. And then we talked about some entrepreneurial stuff in the second, in the second segment. And now let's talk about what everybody's talking about, which is rich people are the only ones that get to live, live to be 104 years old because they're the only ones that can afford you, afford f- good foods, you know, have a lifestyle that's healthy. So um, let's talk about if you can't afford you and you want to do something at home, mm-hmm. what would you suggest a layman do? Well, you don't actually have to join a gym. I didn't have a gym membership for years. I just worked out of my house. You know, I, and that's I, just about after I sold, a habit. after I sold, after I sold my gym in 2008, honestly, I was burned out of gyms for a while. I did not, well, I didn't step foot in a gym and I had no interest in going into a gym. I was like, I, you know, I, I kind of, once you've seen how the sausage is made, you don't really want to, you know, it's like, oh, it just depressed me thinking about going into a gym. Now I don't mind it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I've had enough time to. So what is that? 2008, you sold your yeah, big it's gym. Been a 50, it was a 15 year gap before I reopened. I, I was working my Originally, when I started doing this in 2009, I was uh, I was going to people's homes and I was working them at their at their homes. So I mean, literally, like some people had a home gym, some people didn't, and it didn't matter. I brought and- I brought all the equipment with me that they needed, and you know whether it's kettlebells or dumbbells or whatever, and I, I hauled a little table along with me so I could do the stretching and all that stuff, and and uh, and. Eventually, I, I ended up setting up a home studio and then I moved into a, a, a house that had a much bigger space for a better home studio. And I kind of equipped that thing out. But and now um, you got a gym again. You're back, back in into the gym, the yeah, gym business. They kept pulling me back in. You know, no, couldn't, couldn't you help can't myself. help. Well, you're but, in such I mean, demand. But it, if you're it was at home, great, though. No, I, I, if you're at home, if you're at home, you can. You just bands. You know, you're you, big into bands. I, I like bands. I like kettlebells. I like you can get a set of adjustable dumbbells. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do with a very small amount of space uh, to be able to build a good, strong body. And it's just, you know, you don't, you don't have to have like uh, an expensive gym. You don't have to be hooked up to electrodes that are stimulating your muscles. I mean that all that stuff helps, but what really is the most important factor in your success is just some level of consistency. Um, making sure you're getting enough sleep, um, you know, make sure you get, try to get eight hours of sleep a night. Um, make sure that you're staying hydrated. I, I for the kind of stuff that I do, on average, I'd say, you know, they, the, the regular demand is people say that you're supposed to have uh, half your body weight in ounces of water. For what I do, I ask people to drink their body weight in water. So like in ounces of water. So there's like, no way. Yeah, I drink. OK, so this little this thing right here holds 24 ounces. I drink a minimum of eight of these a day. Well, that's because you're that weird gene. Well, you no, can do no, all no, kinds no. Of it's, 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 <laughs> the, the, remember that when, when it comes to this type of training, you have it's you have much higher metabolic demands. Uh, so you have to consume more protein. You have to drink more water. It's, you just it's, have to go to the bathroom all the time if you drink that much water. You I, just have I'm, to, I'm normal. I don't, I don't go to the bathroom any more than anybody else. If I, I just, try to drink very much water, I go to the bathroom all day long. Well, I can't maybe, even get to the maybe, bathroom Maybe fast. we should uh, talk about doing some pelvic floor work with you. <laughs> <laughs> My husband will probably like that. No, <laughs> Different kind of pelvic floor work. 
That's out of my scope, Terrible. by the way. I will, I will refer out all that kind of work. Terrible. <laughs> um, but no, drink lots of water, uh, stay hydrated, get lots of sleep. You know, you're really, big on sleep. I am big on sleep. Sleep. Oh my gosh. You I'd monitor only your own sleep. I, I do. I, I wear this little uh, wristband here and I, I track my sleep. I track my heart rate variability at night, my deep sleep, my. Uh, How much does um, a wristband like that cost? Um, I, you know, I can't remember. I think this was like 200 bucks and I pay like $10 a night, $10 a month for the uh, sleep study. Um, but I think the, there, there's one you can get for whoop. I think you can get for free or very inexpensively. And, but it's a, like a much more, it's like a $20 a month, you know, subscription. So, it, so it kind of works out to be even, I guess at some point, but, uh, there's also a ring that you can get called aura ring. That's, that does the same thing. So those are really good tracking devices. Or if you have an Apple watch, they have that those track HRV, they'll, you can track your sleep. So you That's, highly recommend tracking your sleep. I think sleep. Yeah. Just, just, I think if you get in the mode of tracking it, you kind of, you get, you start getting better about discipline because you start, you know, it's like when you start getting good at something, you start doing it more and you start paying attention to it more and you start noticing, Hey, I slept really good. My recovery was really high and I'm really having a, I'm really on top of my stuff today, you know? So, so that's, that's the main thing is if you're, if you're getting sleep, you're just, it's better for you cognitively. You know, it's, it's very bad. Uh, of course, you know, I, as well as anyone that I am as ADHD as they get. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, one of the number one things that helps people with ADHD is getting lots of sleep. So, so, uh, you know, I try to get at least eight hours of sleep a night. Uh, sometimes it's only seven, but primarily, usually I get about eight hours, seven or eight hours. What about walking? Uh, a lot walking of is great. Dogs. Absolutely. I have thought about getting a dog so that I will be forced you could, you into could, walking twice a day. You live right next to the best set of trails in the city. You just walk across the street and drop down into the park and walk know, a circuit and you're, I, and you're done. So, it's beautiful. You don't how long a dog. do you have to walk? I don't, I don't personally, I would, uh, no, just walk, just walk the circuit. You don't have to do anything significant. Just like, you know, a couple miles is great. A couple miles is a lot. Okay. <laughs> if you say so, I mean, <laughs> maybe a mile, you know, just, I mean, it doesn't, it, you know, I mean, the, the funny thing is, you know, all this exercise that we do right now uh -huh. is, is, is kind of ironic. You know, we didn't, we didn't used to have to exercise, right? I mean, you know, life was challenging yes, enough on its own, right? You know, people were, were, you know, you just had, you know, we had hard labor. So we actually started exercising in the modern times because we wanted to, because we weren't doing all, we, everything was so convenient. We didn't have to do all this labor. So, so we had to sort of pretend like we're doing all this labor on our body. We sort of put ourselves through all these different exercises to try mm -hmm. to induce, you know, fatigue and the muscles and the nervous system so that we, you know, so that we could be healthier because, you know, we, we were healthier before we had all, all these gyms and everything. I mean, look at, mm -hmm. look at the nation now. I mean, we're, we've got all this availability and, but the nation is fat because most people don't, um, don't have a regular exercise routine. They don't eat correctly. They don't, you know, take care of themselves. Talk so. about diet. Do you coach on calorie intake? Um, yeah, ultimately weight loss is about calories. You know, I mean, I do, I do, uh, think that, that the quality of what you eat is very important. Like I'm big into eating organic, you know, and, and, uh, if, if you have a hard time affording that kind of stuff, you know, a lot of people raise their own. I know, I know some very poor people who have a garden and it's, yeah. and it's very cheap and they eat extremely well. Well, they talk so, about how it's expensive to eat right, but I disagree with that canned food. Foods, which I eat probably every other day, a canned food. It is just green beans, water, and salt. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, and they say just you plain old in, green beans are as, as, just as good. Uh, you know, you get fresh green beans. You can get, but they say sometimes that the can locks in the freshness better and that sometimes it's more nutritional to, to eat canned uh, well, foods, I, I, but I, I don't I know. Haven't, uh, I haven't actually uh, done any research on that, so I can't speak as an expert on that particular thing, but, but I'll just say eating eating plenty of vegetables, eating lots of, you know, making sure you're getting enough protein, you know, making sure that you're, you know... Uh, you're big on protein. Uh, I am big on, well, especially f uh, with regards to what I do, because I'm doing such, like one workout on a new, on the new fit, on the newbie, is equivalent to about 10 workouts metabolically. So one of the, the, the big benefit to training on the new newbie is that you get all the metabolic benefits of heavy lifting, which is where we get, that's what we need for, you know, nice, strong, lean muscle tissue and, you know, burning off the fat. That's all about, you know, uh, you know, but we can't, but as you get older, it gets harder. It's, it has a much higher risk to benefit ratio because you, you know, you, you know, connective tissue can't really handle heavy loads. It might get damaged and that's yeah. where you start getting in pain. And I can't tell you how many people are in CrossFit that are my age and they're just coming there. Everything is broken on them. And they, so, so, uh, you're not uh, a big CrossFit guy. Uh, I mean, 
mean, I, I respect the idea of, of intense short circuits of, of, of uh, intense workouts. Uh, I and do the think, ambition that it takes to do but, that. But I, but I, I just, I also see a lot of, I just, there's a lot of problems in the business model. There's a lot of, or not business model, but uh, the business wise, they're doing great. But, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, I get a lot of people from there because they do tend to, you know, a lot of people tend to get injured. Um, if you notice, a lot of those places are attached to chiropractic clinics or something, uh-huh. or, you or, know, yeah. there's a reason for that. They, they kind of feed each other. Do but, you, have you, do you ever eat fast food? Uh, like I, I eat Chipotle sometimes. That's, I guess that's fast food. That but doesn't it, count. That doesn't count. Uh, I don't eat, <laughs> I don't eat fast food at all. I will not, I refuse to eat like, you know, like a fast food hamburger. I don't, I, I am very, uh, I mean, I guess I'm a, s- a snob, you know, maybe I, now I can, I'm at the stage of life where I can afford to be a snob, but I just, I won't, I won't eat that stuff. It's like the way, the way they raise the, the, the animals is, uh, it's just, it's stressful on the animal and, and it's, and they've got a lot of chemicals and hormones and all that stuff in it. And, and you they know, put flavor enhancers and, we don't, and yeah, they put we don't, chemical cravings in it so you crave oh, it again. It's, so I don't want anything like that. Yeah. It's, 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 so I just, I just like eating clean right now. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of in a, I'm kind of in a crossroads because I've been, I've been eating, uh, based on my gut health. I took a, I took a gut health test and figured out that all the things that I had been, I'd been four and a half years. I I did not eat gluten, sugar, or dairy. And then I, and then I come to find out I did this glut, this gut test and I found out that my gut's actually completely fine with all three of those things, but I couldn't eat. I wasn't, but I have a reaction to like carrots, corn, uh, um, grapes. No, not grapes weren't on my list. Uh, like, uh, lemons. Uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff, peanuts, you know, I had, I, I had some stuff that I had to avoid for, you know, for about six, six months and your gut can kind of repair itself. So you, you can eat that. wheat again. So I was able to eat wheat again and, and sure enough, I ate wheat and I didn't have any issues with it. So, so, uh, but that's not to say that, you know, it is kind of an inflammatory food. I, if I do eat wheat, it's usually going to be like in the form of farro or some sort of, you know, fresh grain. It's not going to be like a, uh, like I won't eat any like big brand cereals, you know, that kind of stuff. That's, uh, you know, we have, we, uh, in America, we, we harvest our wheat too early, you know, and like what we call organic food in Italy, they just call it food. <laughs> they, <laughs> they just, they, they don't allow any, any imports of anything that's been raised with like all the weed killers and, and pesticides. They, they don't, they, they won't allow any of that in their country. They won't uh, import any foods that are raised with that. They won't import any. And so, so all the, everything that they do there, they is just, that's just food. And that's the way I feel like it should be here. But, you know, we're, we just have a, I guess we've just got a bigger country and we've got to figure out ways to feed more people. So, they have ways to enhance harvests that are not necessarily uh, long term healthy for us. But uh, but I, I would like I wish we could adopt, you know, do a whole paradigm shift and just eat like like they do, because they can eat wheat. They can eat. You can eat the pasta yeah, there and it's perfectly healthy. I can, too. Yeah. But the uh, you know, and, and they 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 harvest their their wheat when it's mature and they don't use any pesticides on mm-hmm. it. And they don't use you know, we use that glycophosphate or whatever. You know, I mean, we use all these chemicals on our, on what our crops. What do you see for the future of America? is health. Nothing ever gets done until, until there is a, uh, a radical, you know, until something is just collapses. I think our, we're, we're just going to have to have some kind of collapse of a system where we just have to go into some sort of Manhattan project uh, mentality on we've got to revamp fitness in America. Go Google physical education in 1962, right after the Kennedy fitness challenge, average Boys in, in, in 1962 could do, you know, 15 push-ups and 10 pull-ups. I mean, they, right now we're in it. We're, our military readiness is down because half the kids who come in can't even do a single push-up or a single pull-up. That's scary. You know, I mean, that's like should be everybody should be able to do that. Right. And but, you know, these young kids are especially at that age, like 18 years old they're They can't do any of it. So so. I tried to do something about this when I was chairman of the governor's council on fitness. I tried to bring in PE and man, I'm telling you, I got, I met with opposition. You know who I, the, I got the most opposition from was from the school systems. And they were saying, well, we have a literacy problem. These kids aren't, you know, they, they can't read. And I'm like, I, I would be like, you, they will do better in school. They won't have as many behavioral problems. They will learn better if they're exercising every day. Cause I, we did in my, when, in the seventies, you know, we were, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, we, you know, yeah. we, and when I was a kid, you know, sorry, I didn't make like an old person. <laughs> yeah. my age, in my day, we, we did, we did PE every day. We had to, we had to dress out, shower and, you know, we sweat our butts off. We had to climb ropes and learn to play tag football and tennis and all that. We just, everything, we just had to use our bodies and do a lot of calisthenics. And, you know, 
you know, uh, mm-hmm. kids, kids don't do any of that anymore. And it's, it's, and that's, and it's, uh, so we're, and we're all capable of it. That's the problem. We're all capable of it, but we've become so like focused on devices and, and, you know, mm-hmm. our, our, our digital, our, our phones and our computers and our TV. And mm-hmm. it's like, we just have a very, we've become very sedentary. So until we, uh, have an absolute collapse of our, uh, you know, some sort of some branch of our economy or something like that, where we just, you know, we can't sustain, you know, all the people who are too obese to be employed and they, they can't, they can't work and function on a regular basis until we get to that point when the train finally crashes, then I think we'll turn things around. But until then we're just going to, you know, people will just keep, you know, spending money on Fast food. Fast food. and <laughs> We're and speaking today with JP from JP Fitness in Little Rock, Arkansas, who has been in the business of helping people put on muscle, get out of pain, and circumvent the aging process. You've done so much, JP. What are you most proud of? Wow. That's a, that's a, you, you just like have to throw me a curveball, don't you? Yeah, got to, got to. Every day <laughs> of my life. You've um, done a lot. Well, I mean, I, every I, decade you've reinvented yourself. I, I have. I, I really have. I think the thing that I'm most proud of is that every view that I have is, is uh, able to be changed if oh. new evidence is presented. You know, I mean, you're open minded. I'm very open minded. And uh, um, I just think that fitness should be for everyone. Finish this sentence. Every day, everyone who can should exercise. Uh, we, we have six primal movement patterns that our bodies are capable of. That's squat, deadlift, lunge, uh, push, pull, and rotate. That's the six things that we do. And everything we do, whether we're going up the stairs or whatever, you know, is some combination of those six movement patterns. How do people get in touch with you? Uh, call the gym at 501-916-2541 or visit the website, jpfitness.com, www.jpfitness.com. Thank you, JP, and thank you for caring and for helping so many people. Well, thank you, too. And I love this. Uh, I love being I love it when you get all up in my business. <laughs> you do every morning anyway. So, you know, this time we're doing it on your show. So. That's right. You're one of a kind. Don't ever change. I won't. All right. Here's your gift for our listeners. I just gave JP a desk set four by six inch flags of all the states he's lived in so that he can take it back and put it in his gym. Thank you. That's very sweet. You're welcome. In closing. Drop I'm and give me 20. push-ups that is say that for tomorrow morning (laughs) to our listeners this show was recorded in the hollow walls of taborian hall in little rock arkansas and made possible by the good works of flagandbanner.com our audio engineer and local celeb mr tom wood summa cum laude videographer mr jonathan hankins production manager my daughter miss megan Pittman, and my co-host mr grady mccoy the fourth aka son gray thank you for spending time with us we hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it whatever it is will help you up your business your independence or your life i'm carrie mccoy and i'll see you next time on the radio until then be brave and keep it up you've been listening to up in your business with carrie mccoy for links to resources you heard discussed on today's show go to flagandbanner.com, select radio show and choose today's guest if you'd like to sponsor this show or any show contact me Gray, that's G-R-A-Y at flagandbanner.com. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Stay informed of exciting upcoming guests by subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream. 